coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Say goodbye to the Switch Heavy. Hello, Switch Lite. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the newly revealed Nintendo Switch Lite. And then on Thursday, we are going to be definitively deciding all of the Splatoon 2 Splatfests. Uh, but in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good. I, uh, Patrick, I need your help with something. Okay. So as these weeks progress... Okay. Let me start from the beginning. I'm really excited. Okay, so good. I got good. a little like ahead of myself here. Mm. So... I bought a new hand lotion. Okay, good. So I so don't far. know if this is... It's risky because I bought one that's specifically formulated for people over the age of 50. Because here's my thinking. My mm. thinking is like, I'm not over the age of 50. Right. But if it's but... good for people over the age of 50, surely my body now could use those nutrients or are, whatever. Are and you so at all like, concerned that yeah. there's going to be some sort of uh, like... Twilight Zoney monkey's paw situation where you put it on and either it is so formulated for people who are uh, older than you that it makes you younger or that it magically snaps you to age 50 when you use it. Right, exactly. Like I developed like Crohn's hands right, or liver spots. Right. That is where you come in. I need you to be my eyes because okay, so it would be happening so gradually to me that I wouldn't even notice. Right. Like a, like a fish, frogs, I guess, in a pot. Boiling water. Uh, fish, maybe, as well. I mean, it, it, that's not the saying, though, right? <laughs> the saying is about frogs in a pot. Look, you know, so we're all sugar no talk. Um, I will keep an eye on your hands. That's what you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, perfect. Um, and Mark, you can keep an eye on my copy of Sonic Forces. And when I say Mark, I mean anyone, because anyone can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces on the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is send us an email with a mailing address. Uh, send that to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And I send you my copy of this game, and you play it for as long as you want. Or you can just babysit it. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can put it to bed early mm-hmm. and then you can stay up late, eat whatever you want in the fridge. Uh, you know, it's it's all fair game. Uh, 6 bucks an hour. It's super easy to do. Yep. Get your name on that list. Mm-hmm. Pa- Patrick pays for return postage. Yeah. There's and, and postage there. Yeah, but you, you don't really right. see that. That's right. <laughs> you have nothing to lose. That's right. Um, also, we have now reached 80 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, thank you to whoever reviewed us cuz here's a fun thing you may not know. If you're like, I would love to review these guys, but I don't want to write a review, you don't have to write a review if you don't want to. You can just give us five stars. And that counts as a review? As far as I can tell, because we went to 80 reviews, oh, but without there, getting another... there doesn't seem to be a written review that went with it. Here's the thing. I feel like the written reviews do help. And even if you're just like, I gave this five stars, or I gave this four stars, or whatever you want to... Whatever. It can be nothing. It yeah. can be no words in there. Right. I mean... Our preference yes. is five-star reviews with written reviews. Yes. But if you're in a real hurry, you know, you have to pick up your kids and look, from who soccer isn't? practice. Who isn't in a big hurry? It's a go-go world. Mm-hmm. Just, you, just, you can just give us five stars, and that's great, too. We love yes. 
all types of five stars. And frankly, if your review is just go, go world, we'll understand. We know what that means. And that's who you're doing it for. Right. <laughs> it's for us. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so we're, we've reached 80. Um, let's get to 100. Yeah, we're never satisfied. No. Well, why should we be? Why should we be satisfied? Speaking of why should we be satisfied, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Tetris Maximus. I loved it. I loved it too. I mean, this is so this weekend, if mm-hmm. you participated, it was had like a Splatoon 2 theme yes. that you could get for yourself if you earned 100 points over the weekend. Yep. Um, I think I like this one better than the Game Boy theme, although I thought both were great. I mean, the, the Game Boy theme, when I first encountered it, uh, brought tears to my eyes. I was so happy and like so, so nostalgic for it. But the, uh, the Splatoon 2 theme is like way more dynamic and like fun and feel like it feels a little bit like you're playing Splatoon. It's got like that kind of like squishy, like popping in and out of the ink uh, sound as you drop blocks. Um, it's just super fun, and man, what, you know, uh, the game remains incredible. Do you know, uh, listening to the Splatoon music over and over yeah. as I was playing rounds this weekend, it totally scratches that Tony Hawk Pro Skater itch. Yes. Because it's totally like shredding 90s rock yeah. aesthetic. No, it's, it's super fun, and it has me excited for the uh, um, for the final Splatfest, which is this weekend, right? That's right. Um, I'm gonna have to come into it late because I'm at uh, San Diego Comic Con most of the weekend. You you should you should uh, you should promote what you're doing at San oh, Diego okay. Comic Con. So it's at, cool. Sa- at San Diego Comic Con, if you're going to be in San Diego, if you're going to be at Comic Con, I am moderating the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles panel, uh, which features um, editor Bobby Kerno, the writer Tom Waltz, and co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kevin Eastman. Uh, the four of us are going to be on this panel talking about um, the road to issue 100 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is Friday at 2 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> I, off the top of my head, don't remember where it is. But if you are there, check it out. It's going to be a fun panel. And you'd be able to meet Patrick. You'd Yes. And maybe meet Kevin Eastman, who right. is arguably a bigger celebrity. <laughs> but Patrick won't big time you. <laughs> nope, that's right. I won't. I won't. I'll say, hey, and what's up? <laughs> I also played some Dr. Mario World. Me too. Dis- uh, disappointing. It, yeah, it it's not as like uh hard disappointing. It's just uh I I don't know. It's uh I I, I don't think I'll play more of it. I found it boring. Yeah, I found it kind of boring too. To be fair, I did not finish all like ten tutorial levels. Oh, okay. I got to like six or seven and was like, I kind of feel like I've had enough of this. I mean, I I like some of the new ideas that uh. The, the game introduces like um, shells that you know uh, kind of ricochet um, horizontally when when you get like three in a row with them and bombs that explode and like you know all of like the little twists on uh, what M- Dr. Mario was I think are interesting yeah and the game plays I feel like totally differently yeah t- yeah totally because you're like uh Choosing the orientation of the pills at the bottom. Right. And, and then and as they're going, you can. And as you they're going. But then, and then you like send them up and they kind of like float up and you can like force them to go faster. Yeah, it's up, just weird. I don't up really is understand. the new down in this, which is strange. Um, 
and yeah, it, it's it's not it's not based on the sort of like twitchy mechanic of actually playing Doctor Mario or Tetris or anything, um, because you are lim- like the limiting factor is uh, the number of pills that you get to use. Uh, so like it it's just like it you have to think about it in a, a different way, which makes it more of like a puzzle game than like a Tetris like game, which does make sense in like a mobile setting. I feel like to have it be a little bit more methodical. Instead yeah. of like frantic and fast paced, because um, presumably if you're like on your phone, you're potentially doing other stuff like driving. <laughs> so, well, okay, so we do not we do not encourage that. No, we don't. But like do facts not, are facts, right? But also, don't drive and play Doctor Mario. You no. need a continuous uh, internet connection for this thing to work. Well, okay, that's the other reason that I stopped playing so quickly was on at least on my phone. I have an iPhone 10. My performance was terrible. Oh yeah, like absolutely horrible. My phone got so hot that yeah. I couldn't, like, really hold it comfortably. So I had to, like, set it down. And then just, like, constant, constant like, having to reconnect or, like, the loading screens are endless on this game. I feel yeah. like not, like, endlessly long. Endless is in, like, every time you do something, you get that full page, like, loading screen with the little pills being, like, shot out or, yeah. like, kicked or something. I don't know. The whole thing, I found it um, just, like, not very much fun. Yeah, it's also strange to me, like, uh, the the game isn't very streamlined, so, like, it keeps kicking you out to this, like, world map, um, and every time I go to that screen, I see something that I want to interact with, sometimes just to bring up, like, an options menu, but the second you touch it, it, like, goes into the level, um, and it's just like, well, then why did you even show me the map? Like, why didn't you just bring me to the next level? It's all, I don't know, I don't, it's not the way I want to engage with uh, Dr. Mario. Two more, two more things. Yes. Before we move off from Dr. Mario, the voice of, I don't know if you were playing with sound on, the voice of like the toad or whatever it is. Letty? (laughs) It's so bad. I don't like. so bad. I don't like that it says Letty. (laughs) It is very clearly L-E-A-D-Y, Letty. Go. (laughs) It's awful. Um, yeah, I don't like that either. So that's a negative. One thing I do like that I thought was kind of fun, like, is when you're on that world map, you see like little coins mm-hmm. appearing occasionally. And I like that the few, if you are auto put into a level, but you back out, you can like click on the coins. Oh, to and, collect them. Yeah. I thought it was Which like makes a, it just like Mario run. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I just thought it was like a cute little like additional thing. Yeah, that they added to the game. Uh, who's your doctor? Uh, I chose Bowser. I chose Peach, uh, which is fun to just have a doctor that's not Mario. Um, and I mean, there's there's so much to this game uh, that I feel a little bit bad that I'm not going to experience just because I'm probably not going to play much more of it. But like, you get all of these like assist- <clears throat> assistant characters that will like help you. Um, and presumably there are other doctors that you unlock like throughout the course of this game. Like, right, that I'm like sure will be there. added later. And like each doctor has their own like special move. Yeah, but you know there are a lot of games to play, and I, I just don't think Doctor Mario's uh, going to be one of them. Um, I have been playing the Messenger DLC Picnic Panic. Tell me about it because I was not able to experience it because I never completed the Messenger. Right, so I haven't been able to get into it. Uh, well, and even if you even if you magically had the ability to play it without having beaten it. Um, it is so difficult. Oh, really? That I w- would counter recommend um, that if 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 you found like the end of the messenger like too difficult and you just barely scrape by, like maybe don't bother <laughs> well, playing uh, Picnic Panic. So I downloaded the update that included yeah. Picnic Panic and I opened up my save file because I was like, I 
think I'm like relatively close to finishing this game. And I, when I opened my save, I was just like in an area, <laughs> you know, like I'd totally forgotten like Good luck. what I was yeah. supposed to be doing, the controls. And I remember like some of the bosses towards the end of the part that I was in before. I, so I made it a little bit past where it like opens up into like the Metroidvania type thing. Which some people will say is halfway, but I'm here to tell you it is not quite that far. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. I did not there's, make it. There's so much more game. Okay. Then I did goes, not make it, this, it that far up. into yeah. this game. Um, and yeah, I, I remember in that first half or whatever of the game that I did complete that some of the bosses towards the end were like a little tricky and stuff. Yeah. And so when I didn't remember any of the controls this time, didn't remember where I was, basically I was like, I would have to start over in order to like reacquaint myself with this game. I, I've, I think I've just decided that Picnic Panic is, is not, not something not I'm going you. to experience. Um, I, I mean, I maintain that the messenger itself is uh, such a good game that it, it would be, if you ever had like a hole in your heart and you thought I can only fill this with a ninja game, and you don't want to replay Katana Zero, <laughs> then go ahead and play this one. I really liked what I played of it. Yeah. Um, so uh, the uh, Picnic Panic starts with a very Battletoads-esque uh, surfing sequence where you are like just dodging between stuff. Like It feels very much like the uh, speeder bike level, um, level three in the original Battletoads. Um, but there is a boss at the end of it that is an octopus, and I fought this thing for like an hour just dying over and over again because uh, it was so difficult um like there are three phases of it and the first two phases like i think i got through on my first try and then the third phase just goes on forever and i eventually beat it but i can't really say that i figured out like the trick to it <laughs> uh, so much as i just like you know ram my head against the wall until until it died um but it was great. It it spits out like bombs and little like ink blobs, and it makes the sound of like an octorock um, spitting things out in Zelda, which is uh, cool. Um, but then actually getting into like the so that that's how you get to this new island, which also takes place in a different reality, um, like a parallel reality that you're going to it to prevent, um, which doesn't really make sense because it's a parallel reality. Who cares whether it happens or not? Um, but uh, yeah, the platforming in there is super hard. The bosses are super hard. And I'm stuck right now on a a boss fight that you're playing against a dark ver a dark messenger. Um, and so it's all like um like scenes that you're running through and he's running through, and it's just a race to like get to um like a thing at the end and, and hit it. Uh and you have to get four and he has to get four uh like against you and like you see your little demon guy like move back one on the counter um every time he beats you and you move his demon back one every time you beat him um and i can get him down to just to one and then every time that those like the those are like the hardest versions of these like obstacle course rooms and he's so fast and i'm so slow um it's just like painstakingly difficult um and uh you know I've, I've had a couple different play sessions where i've been working at it and really trying and then like just get to a point where i'm like i'm i'm just frustrated like i'm just mad that i'm not able to do this so i'll put it down and i'll come back later and that's happened like three times <laughs> the concept of that level sounds really cool it is it, yeah it's i mean it's a great concept and like no matter what, the the game is fun and feels good. Um, it's just uh, this is I'm running up against a, a little bit of a wall here. Does it? Does this expansion have like a 
different aesthetic vibe to it. I don't know. From like the promo art, you kind of got like maybe like a Miami Vice type thing. Yeah, it's it's less that and more just like a general beachiness. Um, but not even really all the time. Um, the so you know like the surfing part is obviously you know nice and on theme. Um, and then the first kind of area. Um, it, so all of this plays a little bit more like the uh the first half first half of the messenger or at least all that I've played so far, I have no concept of how far into it I am. Um, but uh, the first like level of it is on the beach shore, um, and you know the, the, a storm comes in, so like the palm trees are waving around, and like there's rain. Uh, and now I'm underground, so like you know mm-hmm. most of that theming is, has kind of gone away. Does it keep up? One of the things I really liked about the time I spent with the messenger was the writing. I thought it was like really funny and yes. clever. Yep, writing remains uh, super funny and good. Um, there are times as I'm playing it where I'm like, oh yeah, I understand. I, I get the the voice of the messenger. I just want to play it. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta like sit through some jokes, and they're jokes that I like, so like I'm not complaining about it, but I am also like, oh, come on, I just want to play the game. Um, but it's good, and I, I'll I'll keep coming back to it. Uh, our friend June got us into the Messenger. He That's bought right. us uh, copies of it so we could play it, and he also let me borrow his copy of Dragon Quest Builders, the oh, first great. one. So I've been playing a little bit of that. I'm basically a, just a tiny bit further where than where I got in the demo. Um. And this is, you said this, right? Dragon Quest Builders 1? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. This is the original game that came out last year, maybe? Uh, I'm, I'm really liking it. It's cute. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, his experience with it was that like it got a little like repeti- repetitive and samey. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely not far enough for that to happen. But I could totally see how that's the case. Yeah. Um, speaking of repetitive and samey, but still sort of fun, um, we put together a Labo this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Um, we built the house in the original uh, Labo variety multi- kit. Yeah, variety kit. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is uh, the the Labo experience is fun to put together, um, but uh, you know the the actual software experience uh, confusing. Um, and this one is so weird. This one is so weird. When you build the house and then you put the switch inside it, um, there's like a little animal inside. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of maybe like a mouse type thing, but it has really long legs. Yeah, and instead of like a head, it just has like a hole with eyes in it. So they're like the eyes live inside this hole, and when it eats, it just puts something in the <laughs> hole in the front of its body. It's very strange. But it's, it, it is kind of, like, interesting to see what the different combinations are, because you make three different little, like, key sort of things. Yes. And depending on the configuration that you put them into the house, a different, like, room appears, and there's little mini-games within the room, and your reward for completing the mini-games is, like, food that you can put into a microwave sometimes. And then yeah. the rat-mouse-type-looking thing We'll eats eat it, it. Yep. and it changes color. It's so confounding, but like interesting if nothing else. And uh, yeah, uh, that's I don't know what more we can really say about Labo at this point. I sort of can't believe we've talked uh, over the course of this show as much about Labo as we have. It's been a lot. <laughs> um, and then uh, I continue to play Super Mario Maker 2, which brings me to some emails that we've gotten from our listeners. Uh, so first, we've got an email from Andrew here that says, Hey, guys, I wanted to say thank you for all the effort you put into this lovely, lovely little podcast of yours. But if I had to change one thing, I'd change the fact that there isn't enough Mario Maker 2 discussion. What can be done about this? Well, some ideas. <laughs> Idea number one. 
Community level sharing. Get fans to share their levels with you on Twitter. Play them, then shout out your favorite levels in a short segment on the pod. Mark? Super into this. Super into this. We are way into this idea. Uh, idea number two, level design and philosophy discussion. What makes a good Mario level? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, this could be integrated into the aforementioned short segment. Uh, talk about what you've made, played, what's working really well. Also talk about what doesn't. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be great to have a guest on yes. who likes making Mario levels and has a feel for it because it's a part of the game that I have not explored at all. Um, and it is a part that I do that I do participate in. I, I like making levels. Um, but yeah, we will work out a way to uh, kind of incorporate more uh, level building philosophy. Um, there's, there's another point here uh, that Andrew has. Uh, contests. You guys, you guys are making courses too, I presume. Well, upload one every so often for us to play. G- uh, give it some time, a week maybe, and see who can obtain the world record. Uh, winners receive kudos and recognition and warm, fuzzy feelings. Uh, thanks for doing what you do, Andrew. I think this is good too. Yeah, I think these are great ideas. Um, I currently have a level uh, that is... Um, I, I remade world one one from super mario brothers 2 doki doki panic um and you can go and play it if you just find my profile i tweeted out the uh the level code um and i believe the nintendo cartridge society account retweeted it so you can find it there we'll put the code in the description of um this episode too um the uh world record is currently being held by matt acevedo so you are all being shown up by matt (laughs) he's got the world record on it where yeah, should somebody send level codes to us to play so we can talk about them on the show? So you can either email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail. or you can tweet at us at Nincart Society, um, which is maybe easier because um, then we can retweet those. Uh, but yeah, I, I would like to make an effort to play more uh, uh, like listener fan yeah, for uh, sure. levels. Um, and then we'll uh, I'll, I'll share them on my personal Twitter and then we'll. Uh, retweet it on um, Nincart Society as well. Um, one more email from, actually, it's two more emails from um, Casey. Uh, he says, hey, Patrick and Mark, uh, I've made a few courses and I'd love for you to try them both um, if you guys uh, would want to share them on a uh, future podcast. Um, not telling you how to run your show, he says. Uh, and then he gives um, some episode co- or some um, level codes. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak out the first one here. Um, but we'll also put it in the description. Okay, it's good call. W two H M M V N H F. And I'll also tweet this out. Yeah. Too. So while you're driving, put down while your you're phone. Dri- that's pick right. Up your switch. Stop playing Doctor Mario <laughs> World while driving. Um, but this was a cool level that uh, it uh, was kind of built around uh, guiding a large uh, Goomba to a uh, P block switch, um, so that then you could run across um blocks that or coins that turned into blocks um and then that was only the beginning half of the level and the latter half of the level it's you had to use the uh the super ball uh flower nice. to like ricochet off things and like uh you know bust a little bust a key out of a koopa um so it, it was fun um and then there, there were two others we'll shout them out later um uh, and then here's here's another thing that that casey says um uh, is it just me, or uh, have Nintendo completely missed the fact that the online app that no one wants could actually work really well at browsing created levels and queuing them up to be ready to play on the Switch? Just like the original Mario Maker had a bookmark website? Seems like a missed opportunity to me. Totally. I was just talking about this today. It's insane to me that there is no uh, 
Splatnet or uh, Smash World equivalent for Mario Maker 2. Yeah. In the Nintendo Switch Online phone app. Because it, w- it seems like it would be perfect. Like, I, I feel like most people are just using Twitter this way, uh, partially because the Switch can just post directly to uh, Twitter. But, hey, man, it would be nice to be able to pull those also off of there, too, without having to enter in codes. Well, yeah, and also just, like, to be able to, like Casey was saying, just browse levels, click ones that you think are interesting, and just add them directly to a download queue. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's what we've been playing this week, uh, and a call uh, shout out for uh, levels so you can give us more to play next week. Um, but let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, July 16th, Forklift, the simulation, mm. is released on the Nintendo eShop. Is that like uh, Forklift in the Matrix? It's not. Oh, it's just, it, it's just Forklift. It is like a um, true-to-life Forklift simulation. I feel like it's something that would, is, it's so specific yeah. that I love it because I, the people who will love Forklift the Simulation are so earnest about loving Forklift the Simulation. So it's like, it's like a tractor simulator. Right, or like a flight simulator, like, or farm simulator, or any of those types of things. All of that sounds more interesting to me than, maybe not tractor simulator, but uh, than, than Forklift simulator. To you, but it's not for you. I've driven a forklift. <laughs> so you don't need the simulation. That's right. That's right. This is for DJs. This is for, you know, like uh skydivers. I like that your first your first crack at a job where you probably probably don't have to drive a forklift is a DJ. Yeah, unless you're like a do-it-yourself DJ who has a lot of turntables. Right, and just you need so some, many turntables. Some way you like- insist on bringing your entire vinyl collection to every gig. Uh also let's sing 2019 is out today. What's let's sing? Uh, it's like less dance, what? but for singing. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, July 17th, we get Donkey Kong 3 and Wrecking Crew for the, nin- for the NES Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, okay, great. So Wrecking Crew and Donkey Kong 3. Uh, neither of these are like bangers. No, but yes. I think you and I and all the rest of our listeners are going to be putting some time into Don- to Donkey Kong 3. Okay, so... Uh, it was suggested on Twitter by a listener, Super Game Joy, thank you, at Super Game Joy, um, that we should have some sort of tournament. Uh, high to, score a high contest. High score contest. Now, here is, uh, let, let's read the, the, the next part of the, of the new releases, uh, because this is going to come into play. Oh, yes, of course. So, because there's also a new rewind feature for the NES Switch, Nintendo Switch Online, where if you press and hold ZL and ZR at the same time, you'll be able to, like, scrub back in time yeah so which one great feature thank you oh my god where has this been (laughs) most of these nes games are borderline unplayable in 2019 um and they being able to rewind it very much fixes that however does it screw up our plan to have a high score tournament no because billy mitchell doesn't listen to this podcast oh man (laughs) first of all I cannot believe that you are throwing fire at Billy Mitchell. And B, I can't believe that you're using Bazinga. It's a whole new mark, baby. That's right. Um, so we'll, we'll work out some sort of uh, challenge um, between Mark and myself to see who, has, who can get the highest score in Donkey Kong 3. And we will, of course, invite everyone to participate. Got to be on the honor system here. Right. No rewinding. 
we can we can just make that we can just declare that right yeah honor absolutely okay it's great our, it's our it's our contest i just i just wanted to clear it with you <laughs> and then on july 19th marvel ultimate alliance 3 the black order is released for switch i almost find it hard to believe that we are to that point in the summer already no it's crazy starting like a week i was trying to think of the way to express yep, this yep a week from friday yes is Fire Emblem Three Houses. I know. And then we're just really in it. Yeah, we're just there, and then we've got a million games from now until the end of the year. I'm super curious to know how Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 ultimately does and how it's ultimately received, because, um, I know, I said <laughs> ultimate a bunch. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> Fitting. This is the yes, third game. Yes, it's very good. It was uh, on purpose. Because if you look on the eShop right now, there's so much hype around Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's yeah. already, like, the seventh best-selling game in the eShop right now. It's the number one best-selling game on Amazon right Ooh. now. And then Marvel which Ultimate is Alliance weird. 3, which comes out much sooner, is mm-hmm. like, w- last time I looked, it was like 25th on the eShop bestsellers. I do feel like this is a minor release compared to Fire Emblem Three Houses, yeah. weirdly. because Just because Fire Emblem feels like it's about to blow up in a really big way. Yeah, well, I mean, I, uh, it's weird because I do think that this Fire Emblem game is going to sell less than the last couple. Oh, I disagree. Oh, I just because there were so many more 3DSs in the wild than there are Switches currently. Um, so like, I mean, we'll we'll see. And when when the Switch Lite comes out, I think that's uh, part of the conversation about that thing's success is also going to be tied to uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. But the other reason I'm interested to watch Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three, which I I've already bought it, like it's yeah. um downloading on my Switch or downloaded on my Switch is that even from like the demo we played, it feels such a throwback to the first two titles. Yeah, totally. It feels very much like a last-generation title. So I'll be very curious to see how it's received now. Yeah. Um, our friends on the uh, Unranked podcast, Christian is the, the like host of, of that podcast, and he was on uh, last week. Um, but they, they were pointing out in a, a recent episode that so much has changed for Marvel in the decade since uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 came out um, that like what this game actually ends up being like from soup to nuts like it's so the possibilities of what this game is and the characters that can be in it and just the scope of it uh, has just exploded Um, and so it's 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 an exciting thing and I'm I'm really interested to see uh, what it all is. And also, like Patrick mentioned earlier, uh, this weekend is also the Splatoon 2 final Splatfest, which is Chaos, represented by Pearl versus Order, represented by Marina. It happens 7.18, starting at 5 a.m. Pacific time, and runs for 72 hours. So that's all weekend, um, which is awesome. Uh, and I'll, I'm definitely going to hop on on Saturday when I'm, or Sunday, rather, when I'm back from Comic-Con, and everyone should take a break from 2 until 3 to watch my uh, Ninja Turtles panel. And also on Thursday, come back because we're g- we are going to be yes. definitively determining the correct answers for every Splatfest in Splatoon 2. Whew. Okay, Mark, that's a lot of new releases. Let's get out of this. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece 
Mark, today, perhaps inspired by uh, uh, last week, we are going to be ranking all of the Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be known that uh, we are able to look at all the Tim Burton movies because I'm going to Wikipedia and not to IMDb because we're standing with Amazon workers <laughs> in boycotting Amazon for two days. Um, all right. Where do you even start here? What is your favorite okay. Tim Burton movie? Um, last week... I said that it was Batman Returns, uh-huh. but I also really like Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood. I think those are probably my top three. So I have never actually seen Ed Wood, which I know makes me a bad uh, cinephile. It's fine. There's it a lot makes of, me bad. <laughs> there's a lot of movies in the world. Um, I, I would say that Big Fish also belongs in that like upper echelon. Um, I watched it again recently, and uh, it was one of those where I was like, am I going to think this is stupid now Like when I watch it again? Um, but no, I cried a bunch. Uh, it's still really good. Um, so th- those are we, we can put those in the like top four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Returns, um, Edward Scissorhands, Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, and uh, Big, Big Fish. Fish. I also think the first Batman is probably up there somewhere. Okay, probably sure. like fifth, like the lower end of that. Uh, so Pee Wee's Big Adventure is also mm. in his filmography mm-hmm. and is another great movie. So Beetlejuice, pretty good. Also Beetlejuice. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> We're doing a bad job here. Uh, do you want to count The Nightmare Before Christmas? He did not direct it. No, it doesn't count. Okay, do you want to count Corpse Bride? He co-directed it. Oh, uh, I mean, sure. It's going to be low for me. Okay, okay. So uh, in the upper echelon of like best Tim Burton movies, we've got Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, and Big Fish. Now, those are interestingly like... His first five movies? Yeah, basically his first five <laughs> movies, and then uh, skip a couple years and go to Big Fish in 2003. Right. So uh, may- should we stop there? Like, is that enough for us to bite off? And uh, j- just, to- just ranking those? Yeah, try to, like, determine. Well, let's, yeah, let's, let's do that. But uh, first, let's just go through the rest of the filmography and make sure there isn't anything else that we want to, like, you know, oh, uh, sure, honorable include. mention or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, we are saying is not, not eligible. Uh, Mars Attacks. Has some great moments. Yeah. Is a funny premise for a movie. I don't think really, like, holds together very well. No, and by the end of it, like, totally falls apart. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Boring. I don't care. Um, Planet of the Apes, act- actively bad. <laughs> Amazing. The last of the big makeup movies, right? I don't know that mm. we'll ever see a production like that big with, you know, where like yeah. makeup, not digital makeup is like the focus. Because uh, now I think they would do so much of it digitally. Yeah. How much of the, uh, it's got to be a ton, but the Shape of Water uh, creature is achieved with um, I, I think makeup that's mostly, I, I think mostly all of it. Well, m- mostly makeup? Yeah. Well, so that's a really good one. But like Oscar just, winning. <laughs> no, no, it's a great movie, but I just mean like the amount of people oh, that's that you true, had to yeah. like put into makeup, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Right. He's just one. He's just one fishy boy. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Fam- uh, Factory. Mark is I shaking his bad. head. Right. Bad. Um, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Um, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes tough anyway. Uh, I don't need a, a Johnny Depp interpreting it for me, right? I actually think that they made, like, fine and smart, like, ad- uh, like adaptation choices. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's... It's just not very much fun to watch. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, not very good. Another actively bad one. Uh, 
Okay, um, then uh, Dark Shadows. I, I have not seen any of these last ones. Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie, Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and Dumbo. Yeah. I, I've, I haven't I, seen I, I, I am in the same boat. So we started with the top five loving. Bottom five we just have not bothered I have not to see. seen. Okay, so now we are left with the task of ranking Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, and uh, Big Fish. Okay. Where so do we start? Oh, was that it? Is that the end? Will we never know? We will, in fact, never know. We just know what our top seven Tim Burton movies are. <laughs> we were accompanied today by or- Orchestra Electra Nova at the Academy of Music in Krakow. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. finally happened. After months of speculation, Nintendo revealed a new member of the Nintendo Switch family, the Nintendo Switch Lite. It arrives September 20th for $199. So, a couple things right off the bat. That is $100 cheaper than Nintendo Switch currently is. Uh, That's also the price that the Switch was when it launched. We have not seen any price cut there. Um, So, $100 would maybe be a price, you know, like that's something that we may have expected to see happen just sort of naturally. Nope. It's going to the light. Um, and second, that uh, 920, September 20th, is the day that Link's Awakening uh, comes out. And just a few months before Pokemon, which to me, this feels very much like a Pokemon move. Yes, it, like 100%. Maybe we should talk about the, the features of it and then, uh, yeah. Great plan. So uh, in the reveal video, they make it clear this is all about handheld play. Mm-hmm. There's no docking it to the TV and uh, no removable Joy-Cons. And no kickstand. That's right. So uh, there are some changes to the button configurations. The left controls, instead of like the four face buttons that the uh, uh, Joy-Con has, mm-hmm. it has a proper D-pad. Something that people have been asking for for a long time. Um, there's no IR camera or HD rumble at all, but it does contain gyroscope controls which we uh had discovered recently the actual switch itself does have a gyroscope inside it it's not all uh from the joy cons Uh, it's compatible with any game that has the handheld designation on like the box or in the eShop. so that includes uh most games yes like pokemon let's go you can play even though that requires motion controls i'm doing air quotes like Mm -hmm. you can use the gyroscope for that kind of stuff um Comes in three colors at launch, yellow, gray, and turquoise. And it's also getting a Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield special edition console, uh, which comes out a week before the game. The game comes out on the 12th. This is launching on the 8th. The left buttons are neon blue. The right buttons are neon pink. It's The rest of it's gray. And on the back, there's an illustration of the two legendary Pokemon from the games, um, Zacian and I... We'll never, Zamazenta. Yeah, I will never know how to pronounce that. Zamazenta. Zamazenta. It's a spicy Pokemon. <laughs> uh, the screen is a little bit smaller, 5.5 inches compared to 6.2 uh, inches on Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on the original Switch, on the Switch Heavy. Um, uh, so this is all like the contracting in size, um, I would guess, is part of the um that they don't have the the joy cons there anymore so they can actually like change the form factor of this thing i think also because it doesn't have a tv mode yes so it doesn't like kick into that more high powered mode it probably can have it, it or it definitely has different what would, like thermal dynamics 
where totally, yeah. you know it doesn't have to have maybe as big of an event or more space between components or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wonder if it's still or a bigger battery. Like I, I wonder if it's still going to have a fan in it. I it guess seems I would like it is going it to because it. I think the vents have been redesigned, but I think it does still include vents. We also know that it has better battery life marginally. It gets three to seven hours versus the two point five to six point five that Nintendo calls out on their official homepage. Uh, which is interesting to me because I, I guess uh, I, I would have thought that getting rid of HD rumble would have really uh, improved battery life. But I guess that's not taking into consideration the fact that the Joy-Cons themselves have battery. Um, so they're probably running a lot of that um, in, in from the Joy-Con uh, power source and not from the Switch itself. And like any Switch game, the amount of battery you'll get will depend on the game itself. So Nintendo has always kind of used Breath of the Wild as a barometer. And on the original Switch, you get three hours of playtime is what they say. That you average about three hours. But they're saying on the Nintendo Switch Lite, you would be get you'd get a full hour more of play. You'd get four hours. In an interview with Time, Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser indicated that Nintendo's developers, quote, will be very focused on the Nintendo Switch flagship device and building games that utilize the capability of that machine. Seemingly to say that HD Rumble will continue to be supported that kind of stuff right and that games will still be designed with you playing on your tv also in mind and then bowser has also commented that nintendo plans to continue to support the nintendo 3ds as long as there is demand uh and what what who even knows what that means at this point continue support we they don't have a game announced for it right i wonder if support in the sense that we will continue to stock it and yeah. service the machines or whatever. Right. Uh, but like at, at present, they didn't talk about it at all uh, during E3. There, was no, there wasn't a DS on the show floor. So like, you know, whatever. Okay. So uh, now that we know what this thing is, um, we know that it will not dock to the TV. It is not compatible with your current dock. Um, it lasts a little bit longer. It's a little bit smaller. Um, what is this thing for? Who is this thing for? So I think even among like with us, yes. the Switch is a portable device or can be used as a portable device, but I've never felt that it's really like best suited for true portability. Yes. Like leaving my home, throwing it in my bag, like going somewhere. I like being able to undock it and sit on the couch with it, sit in bed with it, but I've never loved taking it outside the house. Yeah, especially on like uh kind of shorter trip stuff. Like if, if I'm going like somewhere for Christmas or like I'm gone for a week or something then then like i'll make room in my bag i'll take take it with me um especially for like a long plane ride or something but just throwing it in my bag for like a day or something never really feels right to me i also think the switch as is is just a little too big and a little too at the same time both premium and feeling a little like flimsy with the joy cons being attached to just yeah and to a child totally like this is your primary gaming device Mm mm-hmm and that's really just like the 2DS was kind of like the here's one that doesn't have 3D so you don't have to worry about your kids eyes like this is for anybody and everybody yeah. type of 3DS device i think the Nintendo Switch Lite checks all of those boxes it's like it's cheaper mm-hmm. it's uh, more compact it's smaller so it's easier for kids to hold it doesn't have detachable joy-con you know it's you can just throw it into a bag yeah. that's kind of how i see it yeah, and so I, I think the, the other component here is that, and we've talked about this before, that like this is sort of the year that the Switch software lineup is uh, like more reflective of 
the portable line than it is the home console line. We have a new Fire Emblem game this year. We have a new mainline Pokemon game this year. We have a remake of Link's Awakening, right? Um, and even the last two Luigi's Mansion releases were on handheld systems. This uh, We're getting a new Luigi's Mansion this year as well. Um, so like and Pokemon, did you mention? Pokemon? Yeah, I mentioned oh, okay. Pokemon too. Um, I promise I listened when you talked. I understand. Also, there was a Box Boy game that just came out too. Like, um, there, there, there's a lot. We are seeing the DS and Game Boy games um, arriving on the platform, which you know we were always promised um, that the Switch was going to sort of meld the handheld and console like gaming division, so that we were going to see games from both sets of teams. Um, and I think. The thing that they were missing out on is having the like lower price point, kid-friendly, semi-disposable piece of hardware that this uh, that the Switch Lite can fill that role. Um, I worry still that two hundred dollars is still maybe a little bit too expensive, um, but I don't really know like what a realistic price would yeah, be. Yeah, like I I agree that it is expensive compared to Nintendo's other handhelds, but only marginally so. Yeah. Like, and and I only think that's now. about the price yeah. of like a Nintendo 3DS XL. Sure. I mean I th- I think the uh the new 3DS XL um launched at 180, I want to say, um which is pretty close to to 200, especially when you compare the capabilities of the two systems. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know that we've ever seen a handheld even from the Vita that was like as robust and powerful and could play such a vast like array of games. Yeah. I mean, especially when, you know, for all intents and purposes, every new Nintendo Switch game is going to be playable on the Switch Lite. Like, you know that you have got um, not just, like, some of Nintendo's software support, but, like, all of it. You are going to be able to play all Nintendo games on this thing. Except 1-2-Switch. You can play 1-2-Switch. You just need a separate set of Joy-Cons. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, and also you'll need to like prop it up somehow. It doesn't have its own kickstand. Um, but I guess the, the same is true of, uh, Mario party as well. Um, which is only Joy-Con, uh, compatible. Um, but also neither of those games are that good. Um, and really, I don't know why you would play Mario party without putting it up on a TV. So, um, I mean, it's, it's obviously not going to have every function of the switch heavy. Um, but it, I, I think will be a totally valid for for what it's trying to be i think it's it's going to achieve yeah it, it doesn't feel c- compromised yes. really yes um and I, I agree with you i do think two hundred dollars is pretty expensive for the sort of like portable system for your kid type thing but uh, i think it'll be incredibly successful at that price i'm pretty tempted to pick one up yeah probably not until i am like planning to go on a trip that I would have like utility for it. Yeah. But uh yeah, for me it really is kind of perfect for that, you know, I need it for my go bag type thing. Yeah, totally. Um so, so something to consider if you uh currently have a switch and you are interested in getting uh the Switch Lite is like a second switch for the sort of like more portable version of it. Um you can share um, like a Nintendo account between multiple switches, um, but whichever one isn't your primary switch will need to connect to the internet to play any of those games. Um, you can change which one is your primary. So like maybe the play there is to make the, the Switch Lite your primary switch because um, be, you'll be on the road with it um, and you'll want to be able to play whatever games you want to on the plane or you know wherever you don't have internet connection. 
uh, and your uh, like home Switch can be the secondary one because you keep it at home. Yeah, especially because you know the Nintendo Switch can't really connect to public Wi-Fi. Right. So yeah, that's probably what I'll end up doing. We were talking about that a little bit. Yeah. Um. But no, I I'm it's interesting to see the rumors come true. Yes. A little bit and to see the Nintendo Switch Lite in the flesh. Um, but I, I'm excited for it. I, I think that it makes a lot of sense for a lot of use cases that even the Switch being a hybrid system didn't really fit entirely. Yeah, still felt a little bit too like premium or fragile or something that uh, like traveling with it um, you know, was possible. But, you know, I, I always felt a little bit like I've got to keep an eye on my Switch and make sure it's okay. Nintendo has also submitted a filing with the FCC that involves a new processor and new flash storage chips for the existing Switch form factor. Right. So what does that mean? So it could be they're just like switching out components for security reasons. You know, the um, uh, original Switch chipset had been like hacked in various ways, Mm -hmm. had exploits that like maybe this newer chipset doesn't have. It could be like marginally improving performance or uh, improve something to like improve the dev kits. We don't really know. All we know is that it's not a redesign of the Switch because the form that they filed with the FCC is to change like an existing already approved form factor. Right. So just to get out in front of it, this is not an announcement of a Switch Pro, which they're never going to call it that. Um, but uh, th- n- that that's not what this is. This is just, um, you know, the Switch version 1.002 or whatever. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. Uh, time for our Eyes on Gooigi segment. Eyes on Gooigi! We previously discussed that Gooigi was edible and mm-hmm. was described as having, like, the texture of a gummy bear. Um, as a follow-up to this, in an interview with The Verge, Luigi's Mansion 3 producer Kensuke Tanabe said that Guiji, quote, might taste like coffee. Okay, hold on. <laughs> he might taste like coffee? Well, this makes sense since Guiji was created when Professor E. Gad spilled coffee on ghost energy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so, I mean, but we, you could also reasonably say that it tastes like ghost energy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think he says might taste like coffee. Right. You know, because he, how would he know? G- yeah. Also, like, how does uh, Professor E. Gad take his coffee? Does he take it black, or oh, is there right. some it has dairy a lot of cream in there? And sugar. Yeah, which means it has gone bad. Or, uh, <laughs> Maybe Luigi like... probably does like smell like rot, like rotten, rotten milk. milk. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, not like overwhelmingly, but like you know something's wrong. Uh, Tanabe also told the Verge, "Quote: There might be a Guiji only spinoff, perhaps with all different colors, a Guiji Power Rangers." Okay, he didn't say this. He did. What? But, uh, what? <laughs> well, I mean, listen. He's in an interview. He's talking right. about Guiji. What does Guiji taste like? Sure. And they're like, "Is this the last we see of Guiji?" You know, the, clearly sure. the Verge is already attempting to redefine what an interview is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so uh, I think he's just having a little bit of fun. Sure. That being said, Guiji Power Rangers, I would 100% buy. Did you see that uh, uh, Boom Comics today announced a uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover no. series? That's, That's it. great. <laughs> Maybe there will also be Guiji Rangers in there. Let's just get the Battletoads <laughs> yeah. in there as well. Battletoads. 
Uh, there also has been some question about what happens to Luigi when Luigi is brought out. Uh-huh. Because in the game, when Luigi appears, Luigi just kind of like slumps over a little bit. Yeah, that when, when you cede control of Luigi yes. to, to Luigi. Uh, poor Luigi just like his shoulders, uh, they, they uh, kind of list down a little bit. Uh, and he just kind of stares off into space. Tanabe thinks that Luigi passes out. Okay. Uh, but produce game the game's producer Yoshihito Ikebata said, "quote The essence of Luigi is sending Luigi directions." That's oh. that's or I'm sorry, that's his conjecture as to what he thinks is happening. Not that's not a definitive statement. Sure. So Luigi is entering the astral plane and communing with Luigi mm-hmm. and sending him off with off. coffee ghost energy. Maybe no co- coffee spilt on ghost energy, and perhaps it tastes of coffee. Um. This does nothing for my excitement for Luigi's Mansion 3, which I was looking forward to. But I love all this talk of Luigi. Oh, and yeah. And, like, the intricacies of Luigi's inner life. Look, I don't think we should stop with Luigi. I want goo versions of all the Mario characters. Just let Luigi have this one. No! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so whether it's responsible for his success or not, there was a little bit of debate between Patrick and I last week. Fire Emblem has exploded in popularity since it introduced a romance and relationship system to the series with Fire Emblem Awakening. That much cannot be disputed. We argued about this? <laughs> well, we didn't argue about okay, it. Okay, all right. You were just like, you gave like a really well thought out, well reasoned explanation for why the relationship system mm-hmm. added a lot of uh, richness to Fire Emblem and that that richness is what brought it to another plane of existence and i stand by it and my answer was just like waifus right sure which is you're saying the same thing you're just being dismissive of it <laughs> exactly which one is true we'll never know uh it but one like aspect true one aspect of, that's been missing from the franchise has always been same-sex romance options mm-hmm. but nintendo of america has confirmed that that will change with fire emblem three houses there's no specifics because obviously that'd be spoilers but we know that same-sex romances will be, will be available in the game, which is awesome. I love that. Um, Nino Kuni and Yokai Watch developer Level 5 announced via their fictional YouTuber, uh, Rito-chan. Mm-hmm. So what do we think? A, I, I don't know what that means. So I looked this up. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, so Level 5 has a character who is a pretend YouTuber. And, but one of the functions of being a pretend YouTuber in the real world is that she has a YouTube channel, but she's a, like a cartoon character. Oh, she's okay. Level five. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like a human or if it was like some sort of other avatar. It it's, sounds like it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon okay. character who has like a TV for a head, and uh, the TV that is her head displays the head of a teenage girl. I, I love that. She's awful. <laughs> I watched one whole Rito Chan video today, and she sucks. Is this in e- English or Japanese? It is in Japanese. Oh, okay. It is so Japanese. Uh, well, Rito Chan yes. announced that the original Yokai Watch would be playable on Switch Lite by the time the system was released, um, and that was it. Yeah. So, so there was no follow-up. So she kind of rattles it off as uh, both um, both Yokai Watch and uh, Nino Kuni will be playable on Switch by um, September 20th, which is when the Switch Lite re- uh, releases. But uh, to date, there has been no un- like 
official announcement from either Level 5 or Nintendo that we would be seeing uh, Yokai Watch or any future games in the Yokai Watch series on Switch. So I wonder if this is maybe just like Japan only. Could be Japan where only. Where Yokai yeah. Watch was really big for a while. Yeah. Um, Yokai Watch 4 just came out there. It has done fine, but yeah, isn't yeah, like yeah. the phenomenon that it used to be. And certainly was not catching fire over here um, on 3DS, which seems like a more uh, like natural home for it anyway. Um, so this very well could be a uh, just Japan announcement uh, that we weren't meant to really know about anyway. So you keep doing you, Rito-chan. And then finally, Sensor uh, Tower has some interesting info about the first three days after the launch of Dr. Mario World. Within that window, the game has been installed by 2 million users and $100,000 has been spent in-game. Within that same time frame after launch, all the other Nintendo mobile games besides Dragalia Lost saw more downloads and every single game saw more revenue within the first three days. So uh, something like Dragalia Lost, which only had 30,000 uh, downloads with, within the first three days, uh, made $250,000, so made more than twice as much money while being downloaded like a tenth as much. Um, and then, you know, Fire Emblem Heroes has uh, almost 5 million, had almost 5 million downloads and uh, all, uh, like $11.5 million spent within the first three days. Um, so like that, that puts Dr. Mario World on the less successful end of the spectrum here. Yeah, I, I, I really still don't know what to make of Nintendo's mobile offerings. Yeah, it's strange, right? Like, um, and I guess they, they don't all have to be hits, right? Like, um, Fire Emblem Heroes ha- is a successful, uh, it, it, it's successful. Yeah, it, it seems like far and away a lot of money. By far, it's most, their most successful mobile game. I, I do think they're definitely, uh, when you look at the lineup and you know that Super Mario Kart Tour or whatever is yeah. coming later this summer, you do see that they are kind of hitting all of the big genres. You know, they have a platformer which is kind of like an endless runner. Yeah. They have um like uh, the Fire Emblem game with like uh, a strategy. Yeah, like uh, a strategy RPG. RPG. They have Animal Crossing type like uh building a world and character and customization all that kind of stuff. You have Dragalia Lost, which is just a more traditional mobile RPG and then a puzzle game in Dr. Mario. So, seeing it all laid out, it's like very and then Mario Kart Tour being like a racer. So, it's all very like feels very strategic. Right. These are the kinds of mobile games there are. And they're just uh, checking those boxes. I tell you what, though. Pocket Card Jockey. Just bring it over to mobile. And bring it over to Switch. I will buy Pocket Card Jockey at least two more times. Uh, You know, I would buy it if it came to Switch, only because I'm so curious to know what this game is. It's so good. Or I'm so curious to play this game. Yeah. You can play it on your 3DS. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. All right. That's a good point. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We're not going to get to 100 if you don't do it. That sounded like a threat, but I didn't mean it to.
If you like this episode, you could share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Don't forget to send us your Mario Maker 2 levels. That's right. You can email them to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, or you can tweet at any of those Twitter uh, uh, accounts that I said before. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying waifu is it's dismissive, Mark. And thanks for listening. Hey, podcast fans. Great news. You got a new podcast to listen to every Tuesday. This is Fantasy Flicks League. I'm Ryan Meharry. I'm Mike McClendon. I'm Amy Ruffle. And we're the commissioners and hosts of the Fantasy Flicks League podcast, a podcast all about the box office. We got flops. We got bombs. We give unsolicited updates on the host's love lives, a reoccurring character who loves Deadpool no matter what his parents say. I'm going to see it, Mom. Screw you. With an A-list guest lineup and the movie news you need to decide what to see and what to skip, the Fantasy Flicks League podcast drops every Tuesday morning. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.